He's Australia's talkback radio king. So what's he doing making an album full of songs for long-haul truckers? Find out next on One Dollar Vinyl. Hello, world. Uh, welcome to One Dollar Vinyl. <laughs> I switched up the intro a bit this week, Kat, because I'm very excited to be talking about John Laws, and Can- that's his signature thing. Can you try to make your voice as deep as possible when you're trying to do that? Yeah, right, I'll try. Ready? <clears throat> Hello, world. <laughs> <laughs> this is as deep as I can get. Hello, world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite at John Law's level. <laughs> we can try. Let's go uh, smoke a pack of Winnie Blues. And yeah, that's true. Go. <laughs> that's the only way to do it. Well, welcome back. You're on the podcast where two millennial cheapskates discover the forgotten music of the past. My name is Tess and joining me as always is Kat. Hello. How are you, Tess? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. What's been happening? Uh, we didn't decide what we were going to chat about today. No, I <laughs> thought you might have had something in the barrel. <laughs> uh, look, I don't know. Nothing. Like We're just sort of adjusting to life back out of lockdown and slowly going out and doing things and it's pretty good. I feel oh. Very just, good about being freed. I'm diving in. I saw some live music on Friday. You did? Yeah, yeah. I just like went to a pub near my house with, you know, $20 tickets to see a like a, a singer that I'd never even heard of. Oh, amazing. Who did you see? Oh, her name is Lady Lion. Lion is like the surname, L-Y-O-N. And she was very good. It was really funny because like in between the two acts... Uh, my friend and I were sitting like kind of near the entrance to the toilets. And so as people went into the, the bathroom, uh, like they would like pass us and I'd try my best not to make eye contact. But then this one lady like walked in just like looking directly at me and smiling. And I was just like, what are you cracking onto me? What's going on? But it was the, it was Lady Lion and she was just like, I guess, like thanking us for being there, but I had never even heard of her before. And so I didn't realize until she got up on stage and I was like, ah, that makes sense. Were you masked up or was everyone? Everyone was masked up when they were walking around. Um, No, actually the rule was that, but it didn't actually happen. Because you can, when you're sitting down and drinking, you don't have to. Correct. Yes. Because I thought maybe she was like, you're both trying to see each other just with your eyes, with your mask on, and no, she was and, just you know, doing that kind eye. of smizing things where you smile with your eyes, and you're yes. like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she, but like you know, even though it's a rule, people weren't actually doing it except for me and my friend putting their masks back on. Um, so yeah, she was masks maskless when smiling, so it was unequivocal, actual human. <laughs> face contact <laughs> yes yes genuine yeah <laughs> well how nice i mean how fantastic for musicians yeah that they can get back to doing what they do and that we can all get back to listening to them yeah, and appreciating absolutely. them mm. i think it'll be a, a while before we because we've got to like um adjust we've got a lockdown baby and she's not used to any people other than us yeah yeah we're, it's we're sort of working our way up to a babysitter um, yeah, totally. Yeah, you can't you can't like throw her in the deep end. Yeah, we've got a comedy gig at the end of the month. We'll have to work up to mm-hmm. leaving her at night. That's going to be a big one. <laughs> well, just make sure you maybe give a little bit, um, leave a, some extra snacks in the fridge for the babysitter because it's going to be potentially a bit of a hard night. <laughs> yeah, bottle of wine, I reckon. <laughs> oh yeah, true. <laughs> some whiskey. 
Oh, I um, I went out last night and um, bought a bottle of vodka, which is something I never like. I don't drink vodka ever at all. Yeah. But I've been watching this series called The Great, um, which is about Catherine the Great, the Russian oh, uh, royalty. Okay. Yeah. And there, it's sort of a fun. It's like one of those things where they they make it young and sexy, and there's like all these kind of purposeful anachronisms, and they they're sort of making it relatable to our times. And they're just constantly drinking vodka in little little glasses and then smashing it down on the ground every time, like every time something of significance happens. Oh, they break the glass. They like Yeah, they yeah, they they, they go huzzah and they drink and then they go smash oh. and they throw it down on the ground. Gosh. And um it's just I watched the whole season and now it just all I wanted to do was drink vodka. So I went and bought a bottle of vodka. And did you um, stop off at any op shops and buy all the cheapest glassware you could so that you could then throw it on the ground? That's what I should do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely don't we don't have enough glassware to <laughs> dispose of one. We're not quite as rich as the Russian czars, but <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, but things at op shops are cheap. Yes, they are, and what a good segue because so was this record. <laughs> Shall we talk about it? <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, what record have you got this week for us, Tess? This week I've got Motivating Man by the one and only John Laws, and it's from 1971. Interesting. Where did it come from? came from the Vinnies in Leichhardt. How Sydney. much did you pay? $3, which is too much. Yeah, uh, but is it too much? What uh, What's it worth on Discogs? Well, in fact, uh, the median price on Discogs is $12, which I was very surprised. You know what's even more surprising? I don't know if you found this, but in my Googling, I found like one particular uh, like eBay auction where in 2012, this record was sold for $56. Shut the front door. Like, <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> can you believe it? Like it was so in the the listing it was marked as super rare and <laughs> iconic John Laws. Wow. Well yeah. look, we we will get into um what an icon John Laws is, and it's yeah. not actually for his music recording career. Uh but we'll get into that a bit later. One of the reasons this might have been going for such a hefty price on eBay is that it's actually not available online. Uh-huh. Um, and in fact, none of his albums are available on Spotify. You oh, can really? see, you can have like individual songs on YouTube, but mm-hmm. it's not even one of those ones where people have uploaded the whole album to YouTube, which is often the case with these old records. So let's take a look at the cover of this record cap. First of all, it's a great photo. We've got John Laws. Um, he's sitting in the dirt and he is absolutely dwarfed by these two massive bright yellow trucks. Um, I'm going to say semi-trailers, but I'm going to st- just tell you right now, I don't know anything about trucks. Okay. Um, look, if you're a truck person, you might know. It's called a Diamond REO. It's got um, a hood ornament that's like a swan in full flight. And they're fucking massive. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're bright yellow. And so you've got the, the, the bright yellow trucks and the blue sky contrasting really beautifully. And you've got John Laws' name up the top in bright yellow. Yeah, matching the color of the truck. Um, John Laws himself, he's sitting in the dirt, like I said, leaning against the truck. He kind of looks like he's on smoko. He's having a break. He's got his shirt rolled up at the sleeves his blue shirt which has a blue collar 
Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Do you think maybe he could be a blue-collar worker? <laughs> I think that's what he's going for, Kat. Yeah. He's wearing these beautiful brown leather boots that are, I must say, pristine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he honestly, like, he doesn't look like he's done a lot of physical labour. No. And and he's, like, he's sitting down and he's not even the size of the wheel of the truck. Like, that's how big these trucks are. That that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks like a tiny little boy compared <laughs> to them. <laughs> and interesting, I, interestingly, I think he, you can't really see his face. He's he's not front and center like of his own record. His face is a bit obscured. There's a lot of shadow in his face. Perhaps you know, even then, he felt that he had a good head for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn the record over. And on the back, um, you've got again. You can see John Laws, but he's very obscured. You can't really see him. He's reflected in the very shiny, shiny hubcap of the big yellow truck. How did they get that photo? It's how is cool, there not a how is there not a reflection of the camera photographer angles <gasps> my dear angles wow <laughs> and um you've got all the names of the songs and the credits of the producers and then you've got this big dedication by someone called PS and I wasn't able to find out who that was I think it's postscript well no it's someone no, someone's that's written a joke. this <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just going to read this whole thing because, I don't know, maybe we can figure out who P.S. is. Okay. So it says, when you do what you like in this world, whether it be drive a truck or sing about them, you have to do a good job. And for a man who says he can't sing, and that's perhaps significant um, mm. if John Laws thinks he can't sing, I think you will agree with me after you've heard this album that John Laws has done a great job. A motivating man is what he is in every sphere of life. I've been associated with John for two full years and he has so much drive that you feel like you're covered, you've covered a thousand miles each day. The change of scenery happens in his mind. <laughs> but to those who know him, it's as real as a diamond tea, which I'm guessing is a truck. I don't, I, again, I don't know trucks. This is the great talent of the man John Lords and he can transport you from Darwin to Port Augusta with his soul. Oh, what? <laughs> This album is something that he has wanted to do for a long time. And like everything John wants to do, it is now a reality. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Freedom is doing what you want to do. So, truckers, this album is for you. By P.S. So this is clearly an album for truckers. Yes, and almost, I'd say, exclusively for truckers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like to listen to while they're trucking, because they're not, they don't have record players in trucks. Did they? <laughs> no. Look, I'm guessing it was probably released on cassette as well. No, I'd like to imagine just someone like, <laughs> you know, careening down the highway and then just like <laughs> trying to gently <laughs> move the needle yeah. and place it on the on the <laughs> spot. Their arms bumping around. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and that's again, like, if it is for truckers, do truckers go home and and? Just want to relax by putting on an album full of truck songs. <laughs> imagine, imagine like, do. so a trucker, a trucker comes home after like 18 hours on the road yeah. and, you know, his wife has like a, a nice hot dinner ready for him 
and she goes, you know, love, I'd just like to to put on some music for you. You're a trucker, so I think you'd like this. And then it's just like all trucking songs. And the trucker's just like, well, fuck, man. Like, I've just left that. <laughs> like, let me listen to some smooth jazz or something. No, I don't want more of this. I have dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just a trucker. <laughs> I have ideas, feelings. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, um, let's take a little break, Kat, and... When we get back, we'll have a listen to this album and we'll find out Whether why a every would... trucker in Australia was listening to this at some stage. Okay. I like to change my cars, but I never change my oil. Well, I change my oil, but not my brand of oil. Because I want real protection. You know what I mean? Valvoline. Valvoline XLD New Generation Motor Oil with secret additive Kemaloy for protection against corrosion, oxidation, gum formation. Protection for all my cars. You know what I mean? Valvoline, the symbol of protection since 1866. So that was a commercial for Valvoline, and that is how I personally know him the most, even though in the back of my mind I know that he's famous for being a radio presenter. Yeah, that's right. He So John Laws is basically one of the head honchos, the kings of talkback, conservative talkback radio in Australia. Um, and he's been doing that for, I don't know, 600 years or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. and um, But for you and I, like, if you didn't grow up listening to it in your house, you probably, like, I've never actually listened to John Laws on the radio. Never. Like, I've heard about him, like, in the news. Like, sometimes he says some not great things. And, yeah. <laughs> like, I know for some reason he has a golden microphone and I know that he's called the Golden Tonsils, which, yeah. <laughs> which that nickname I am actually offended by. Like, <laughs> for, someone to, so, for someone to think that tonsils have anything to do w- with the production of voice, it makes me, like, lose a lot of faith in humanity. Because, like, <laughs> everyone knows that, like, little kids often get their tonsils taken out. So what, they, they can't produce a voice anymore? Ugh, well, like, no one like John Laws, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like yeah, just... I thought perhaps maybe a more accurate accurate name would be like the Golden Larynx or something. Yes, that would yeah. be much better. The Golden Vocal Folds, the Golden Retinoids. Like, there's so many anatomically far better things, or just like the Golden Voice Box. Like, and uh, it just it even you know before I became you know I'm a speech pathologist, so I know the anatomy of the throat quite well even before mm. i got into that i was like golden tonsils is that is that really accurate um the answer <laughs> is no for those of you playing along at home all right so he's already cancelled in your mind for, <laughs> oh, yeah, for his right. stupid nickname <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yes as we'll cover um during the course of this podcast um john laws is a controversial figure mm-hmm. um he like we said is a household name um and just like a just ever-present entity um, as a radio, a conservative talkback radio host. Um, he's also hosted television shows. He is an actor. He's been in movies. He was in an episode of Skippy. Did you know that? Yeah, I did read that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, the animation of the magic pudding. Was he the magic is pudding? is something that exists. No, he was rumpus Bumpus? Pumpus? <laughs> Sorry. Tess, if you don't know what character he played, you can just admit it. You don't have to make up a stupid character name. 
<laughs> you know, I actually live um, very close now to the, oh, what's it called? Norman Lindsay Gallery. Oh, sure. In the yes. Blue Mountains. And there is a section of that suburb that around the gallery that the street names are all named after <laughs> magic pudding characters. Really? So there's people who live on Uncle Wattleberry Crescent. That's and fantastic. Bunyip Bill Lane. and. <laughs> <laughs> it's very twee oh wow i would very much if you ever move like you to specifically find a place yeah. on the most oh, ridiculous for street. magic pudding avenue yeah no rumpus bumpus street <laughs> riggledy higgledy niggledy yeah so rumpus bumpus aside um he is also a poet a published poet he has a very large tome of poetry mm. and he's also got a credit on wikipedia as a racing driver which oh. i couldn't find any other information about uh, it looks like john's been um editing his own wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. racing driver is just um, an all-round good bloke nobel nobel winning scientist say nobel but he's actually like a knight right he's got a cba yeah yeah he's got an obe no, CBE, um, which is higher. What's a CBE? Commander. It? Commander oh. of the British Empire. Oh, okay. I thought he had an OBE as well. Like, he's probably gotten a few. Oh, okay. So, unlike um, one of our Commander previous... of the British Empire. Yeah, I know. There's so many things about that which I find hilarious. Like, it's not just the British Empire. It is technically the most excellent order of the British Empire. Do you not also find that hilarious? It's like Bill and Ted. What does that mean? What is it? Yeah. Most Bill and Ted actually went back in time. As He's just the like, most righteous. <laughs> bodacious. Well, so what you're saying is he's, he's up there in the upper echelons along with Sir Bertie Higgins. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, Bertie Higgins, we covered a few episodes ago, had a fake knighthood. This yeah. is the real deal. He's like actually... Um, been awarded commander of the British Empire. Mm, gets around in a metal suit. Yeah. <laughs> Made of gold. Super heavy. <laughs> Not very practical. So he's uh, all those things and he is also a recording artist. He's mm. recorded a bunch of records. Probably I think there was like 11 or something records. 10 albums. Um, some of them are covers albums of like country songs, which, you know, this one is in that category. He's got some original songs and some albums of poetry set to music. Oh, that... Which some people might call songs. Yeah, that <laughs> seems like a very loose... I'm guessing it's more spoken word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John Laws, he's 85 years old now, but he was 36 at the time of this recording. Shall we, shall we jump in and start listening? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so this is track one on the album and it's called Motivating Man, title track. Motivating without a G, cat. That's important. Yeah, I so. found it really hard. Google kept on trying to correct me to motivation man. <laughs> when you Google it, you just get a bunch of stock images <laughs> yeah. of um, like like businessmen climbing mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I drove that big old truck from up in Long Reach all the way across country to the coast. I got another load and I was on. I quite like his voice, Tess. Like, it's it's not really surprising. Like, he's known for his, like, 
smooth voice. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah, he's got this kind of like deep, smooth timbre, and it's it's pleasant. It's good. It is very nice. Yeah, and he's a good singer too. Yeah, like he he doesn't just have a good speaking voice. I think that he when he sings, he his delivery is good. There's a, the right amount of theatricality in it. Yeah, like absolutely. I think he's got a good storytelling singing yeah. voice as well. And I, I get the impression from reading about his life too that he he always had this voice and he kind of got talked into broadcasting and, and recording and all of that because of it. Like it wasn't in his initial ambition, I think, that uh, he it's like someone, someone just said, you know, your voice, like you've got to yeah. make money off of that. <laughs> it's just like someone who's really tall getting pushed into playing basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether they like it or not. <laughs> So here we've got a song. It's written by Buck Owens and it's... Oh, and Joe Simpson. Oh, I think it's Red Red Simpson who sang it, which I guess is Joe Simpson. So did you listen to the original? It's quite similar. It doesn't have the the horns like this one does. And it's like all... It's very, very American. Um, And so like something that Johnny's... No, Lawsy has done. He's not Johnny, he's Lawsy. Um, (laughs) Has like... He's changed all of the American places with Australian ones. So That's right, of- and he's done that throughout the album. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I do especially like the, you know, he's he's taken on a slight American accent when he's singing, as most of us often do. Um, and I like how he changes it, you know. So you've got, I've got me a pretty girl while down in Wagga. Yes, I know. I heard that too. He just like, I don't know why he's like gone to so much effort to change all these like. Australian, you know, the American references to Australian ones and then sang with a a three-quarters American accent except for the, like, super Australian words where he just, like, hams up that (laughs) very, very broad Australian accent, which he doesn't actually have in real life. But the chorus still has, like, very American references. So uh, the chorus goes, uh, My grandpa drove a mule train and my pa a river boat. Yeah, like, I don't know if we had mule trains, I probably don't bullock, so. bullock runs and stuff. Yeah, that's right. It was more like a bullock run or, or yeah. yeah, maybe camels. There's heaps of camels in the outback. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, not wrong. Or like, so so what could a more Australian chorus be? Well, Grandad would have driven a, a Cobb and Co um, coach, maybe. My grandpa fought in the Emu War and my pa drives the Indian Pacific. Sure, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> my grandpa wrangled Brumbies and my pa's a grey nomad. <laughs> I did get a little thrill um, hearing the name Longreach uh, name checks there because that's where my pa is from, where he was a jackaroo. Oh, grew was up around really? there. Yeah. Oh, a little Longreach shout out. What a treat. Yeah. Shout out to Longreach. <laughs> hey oh. But this song, it really reminds me of like so everything about it. In fact, his his performance of it, his voice, the song itself reminds me heaps of Johnny Cash. Yes, totally. And interestingly, he had a friendship with Johnny Cash. Yes, I also learnt this. Did you read that story about the hotel room? Yeah, yeah. So he he tells the story about how he and Johnny Cash are like in a hotel room. And they, Johnny Cash says, oh, this room is not big enough. And so they take out all the furniture and just leave it in the lobby. <laughs> hijinks. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you give up your left arm to give it, get up to some hijinks with oh, Johnny Cash? Absolutely. You'd <laughs> give away your tonsils, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got these tonsils made of gold. <laughs> <laughs> They're worth something on the market, surely. But I, don't you reckon that this song even sounds heaps like Walk the Line? 
Yeah, totally. You you got the classic Johnny Cash bassline. Yes. Dum, 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 dum. Uh huh. And even the like the notes in like the the main parts, he goes like motivating man. I walk the line. Like yeah, it just, yeah. There's it's certainly an echo of it there. Yeah. When I put this on, the big band sound was way more raucous than I was expecting. Oh yeah, it's it hits you in the face. I I was expecting a an album of trucking songs to be I don't know a bit more laid back and cruisy maybe yeah. but this feels like you're just zooming down the highway <laughs> it's it's intended to keep them awake perhaps yeah there's a lead guitar in there that's just doing whatever the hell it wants it's just like <laughs> flanging and blanging all over the place <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a character from the um the magic pudding is it not flanging yeah and blanging blanging <laughs> Yeah, and the drums are kind of hectic too. Like I, I don't know what the opposite oh, of restrained is, but they're just they're just going. Everyone's just going for it. Yeah, sometimes like not in relation to each other, <laughs> but it's not it's not bad. Like all of that is to say, like it's it's not really that bad. It's yeah, it's quite enjoyable. Um, the wackiness of it surprised me, but yeah. I don't hate it. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to the next song? Let's. This one's called Phantom Three O Nine. I was out on the west coast trying to make what a it change back. of pace. Things yeah. didn't work out and I was This is actually I think the only song on the album that is a bit more of an easy pace. Everything else is more or less that frantic big band made a lot of miles every instrument going for itself. So I think this is just the break song. Everyone wanted a break, including John. He didn't want to sing anymore, so he just went back to talking. Yeah, and it literally is about going to a truck stop um, and, yeah, taking a break in yeah. your long journey. Yeah. Except this guy's hitchhiking. It's a story song about a guy who's hitchhiking and he gets picked up by a trucker. Uh, it's originally, it's a song written by Tommy Fail, which, oof, what a name. Poor Tommy. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's originally recorded by Red Sorvine, another guy that did a lot of trucking songs. There's also a cover by Tom Waits on his album Nighthawks at the Midnight Diner. Oh. I asked him why he called his rig such a name and he said, son, this old Mac can put them all to shame. Ain't a driver or And a here you can fully appreciate John Laws' speaking voice, which is, is the voice that's really made him famous on the radio. It's reminding me of Kamal. <laughs> I was like, going to say the exact oh, same really? thing. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I guess it's not surprising. Yeah, so Kamal yeah. we covered back in season one. Uh-huh. They've sort of added these strings to it and made it um, kind of sound a bit sadder than the original version. Mm-hmm. There's a twist. Mm-hmm. So this guy gets picked up by a trucker, um, dropped off at a truck stop, and he talks to the guy at the truck stop about, oh, I just got dropped off by Big Joe. And um, the truck stop guy says, that guy's dead. He's a ghost. <laughs> but Big Joe's been dead for 30 years. Yeah. But then they tell the, he like tells him the story of how he died and he just like... Like, you know that philosophical problem of, like, the trolley problem? Where, yeah. like, what do you do if you if you keep on the same course, you kill one person, but if you... Oh, no, you kill five people, but if you change course, you kill one person. And this guy, like, won the trolley problem by avoiding hitting a bunch of little kids by taking his own life and just, like, going off and crushing Yeah, he rolled the truck. 
killed himself, became a ghost, and then picks up hitchhikers. Had fun picking up hitchhikers. Even in the afterlife, an overall good dude. And buying them coffees. Buying them coffees. Yeah. yeah. What a good dude. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Big Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Big Joe the ghost. One of the best. <laughs> the one um, bone I have to pick with this song is right at the end. So, like, he ends his little story on silence. Mm-hmm. And it's this spooky thing hanging in the air when you realise that he's just spent mm-hmm. a, a ride with a ghost. But then this musical reprise comes back in and, and takes the edge off the spookiness. Oh, and yeah. the first, when I heard that, I was like, why are they doing that? Like, they should have left it, like, spooky and echoey in the air. And hanging. And I went and listened to the original, and they do leave it in the original. Ah. And, um, yeah, these strings come back in, and uh, I just think that kind of ruins it. But yeah. On to the next. On to the next. Um, let's listen to John Laws's cover of Me and Bobby McGee. Busted flat in Baton Rouge and heading for the trains. Feeling nearly faded as my jeans. Bobby thumbed a diesel down. So me and Bobby McGee, it's a Chris Christopherson song written by Chris Christopherson and Fred Foster. Um, but arguably the more famous version of it would be the Janis Joplin cover. Yeah, that's certainly how I know it. He's got very big shoes to fill on this one. He actually yeah. released this the same year as Janis Joplin released hers. She released hers at the start of the year in like January or something and his came out, out towards the end of the year. Wow, what a huge mistake. That is just, <laughs> why would you, t- that's an awful thing to do to oneself, to yeah. try and follow up Janis Joplin's, like, awesome version with this. He sounds bored. It is a truly shit cover. Oh, um, no good. He, he sounds bored. I think he's trying to sound like cool and loose and relaxed yeah. like a tumbleweed in the breeze Chris Christopherson style uh-huh, uh-huh. but I just think that he's John Laws is too kind of like upright and dignified to even do that he can't pull it off he cannot pull it off he sounds like a knock and he also sort of sounds drunk I think yeah yeah he's going for relaxed but he's not hitting that mark and he hasn't Australianified this one this one's still in New Orleans yeah true yeah that's interesting yeah um, I don't know. It's the that guitar. I don't know what the hell's going on with that guitar. Everyone's drunk. Everyone sounds drunk. It's just everything feels like bloated and greasy and sweaty. <laughs> it sounds sweaty. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but this song. So I first heard of it as a Janis Joplin song, and I was truly like had my mind blown when I found out it was a Chris Christopherson song, because I thought like. How could he be singing this love song to About Bobby? Bobby. Yeah. Um, turns out the original Bobby was a girl Bobby. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, the girl Bobby. I'm yes. guessing she was, you know, Roberta or something. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, but I I always just, I don't know, I found it um, <laughs> confusing. And particularly doubly so confusing in this because John Laws has been on record as having some pretty heinous homophobic huge homophobe yeah yeah, remarks um about things he was um there was a controversy where he called Carson Creasley from the original Queer Eye a pillow biter um and there's I mean like amongst many other comments yeah so many things yeah um 
referring to um, Alan Jones and the head of the ABA, David Flint, as being in a homosexual relationship when he got done for his cash for comment stuff in 2004. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, reactive and and homophobic. You know uh, what I find really funny about that is that, like, you know, in the last little while of me doing research for this record, I find him to be quite a flamboyant man. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, there's this uh, there's this interview that he does with Lee Sales um, from the ABC where he's just, like, dressed in this completely dramatic outfit and the things that he says, they are, yeah, quite flamboyant in their style. Methinks one does protest too much. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, but back to this song, we have just changed to like a ridiculous like Spanish flea style. I know, yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden it turns into yakety sax. <laughs> yeah. And the first yeah. time I listened to this I was just like, oh, that's a bit of a change of pace. Interesting, interesting. And then it gets faster. And then it gets faster. <laughs> and it just keeps on getting faster. Why did they do this? It's just like Ugh, we're all so bored and drunk. Let's just get this over and done with. <laughs> the, the, whoever's, like, conducting it is just going, yeah, yeah, yeah wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, like, finished with his downers, now he's doing his uppers. Yeah, the whole thing really just feels like a bad trip or a hangover or something. Oh, my God. It's, like, it, why is it this fast? It's so stupid. It, it's turned it into something comedic. Yeah. Like, it was just shit before, but now it's funny and shit. <laughs> And the, the production in it too, it, the, the Chris Christopherson version doesn't build that way, Yeah. but the Janis Joplin version does, so it makes me think that he's listened to that, mm. or, you know, his producers, probably, Yeah. Um, and have sort of aped that, but done it worse. Just done. Yes, overall, yeah. terrible. All right, let's get the, uh, the bad taste of that song out of our mouth and listen to another one. Let's do it. So this is the last one we're going to listen to. It's called There Ain't No Easy Run. I was sitting in the terminal waiting for my load When a greenhorn driver came in up the road I heard him tell that foreman get my little pink slip This run is too tough and I'm gonna quit Now the foreman that day happened to be old Joe Man, he was old in time He said, son, how long have you been driving? Breaking into talk You know I drove so here we got a song. It's written by Dave Dudley and Tom T. Hall. Um, it is another song about trucking. <laughs> Honestly, Kat, I got to this uh, point of the album and I was kind of like, okay, I'm getting a little bit sick of trucks. <laughs> and again, it's an American song and then he's changed all the place names and company names to Australian things. He name checks companies like Edgels, Tip Top, CSR, To His Brewery. And he also talks about like Coca-Cola and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which is... Famously well, not Australian. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, I mean, I guess it's one of the big industries. When I was growing up, my, my friend's dad used to drive for Coca-Cola and we thought it was really cool. Oh, yeah. The coke truck parked out, uh, parked out in front of his house. Yeah. Oh, I, um, I was actually, uh, during my high school years, friends with a girl whose grandfather is Lindsay Fox of, like, oh, wow. Fox fame. She had a, she had a lift in her house. Yeah, she must have been. She was in the rich. Loaded. <laughs> but also extremely lovely. Um, and yeah, we've fallen out of contact. But uh, yeah, very lovely person. Her whole family. This song reminds me a bit of that um, I've Been Everywhere song. 100%. Yes. Jeff Mack, yeah. yeah. Except, um, like, that song's a 
a feat of vocal dexterity. Uh, the way that he gets out the, you know, all the place names. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this one not so much. And that's an, that's a song that went the other way. That was an Australian song that then got covered uh, in America by someone, I don't know, and they replaced all the the place names to American Oh, right. Names. I've got this thing in my head of, you've, like, I've been everywhere, man, but, like, he just keeps on repeating Dapto. Is that just a Wollongong thing? Oh, uh, yeah. It could have been on, like, Fast Forward or something. I think that rings a bell. So at the time that he recorded this album, Cat, um, John Laws was already a number one broadcaster. He was already well known as a broadcaster. Um, and he regularly took calls from truckers. Oh, right, yeah, as part of, like, the talkback shtick. So there was kind of, like, a, a thing of him established as being a a friend of the truckers and of the battlers. He was so much so a friend of the truckers that in 1979, when there was a huge protest by the truckers about um, the road taxes and things like lift freight rates and fuel costs and stuff, um, they got into this position where truckers were like going into you know negative money because they had to pay all these fees and they weren't getting paid enough. The truckers did this, like not nationwide, but it was in four different states, um, blockade and they blocked the roads with their trucks Oh, and they stopped working and, and just good stopped moving and um, so the New South Wales Premier at the time whose name was Neville Wran got laws to go out and speak to them at, at their rally and I mean I don't know if laws was the one that <laughs> broke the solution but um, he did go out and speak to them and eventually the ton mile tax was abolished mm. shortly after the protests um, and so he helped out with that whole situation. What year was that, sorry, Tess? 1979. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so he's got, he's, you know, established himself as a friend of the truckers and I have nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs> and the end, and and that is why things like this exist. Yeah, so that's John Law's Motivating Man. Why don't we take a little break and when we come back, we'll wrap it up, we'll tell you what we think of this record and we'll decide whether or not we're going to keep it. Welcome back to One Dollar Vinyl. You just heard John Laws on the Johnny O'Keefe show in 1962. Kat, just looking at that video and without sort of doing the calculations, how old do you reckon John Laws is there? Oh, um, I don't know. Mid to late 30s? He's 27 oh. years old in that video. Oh, he looks like, honestly looks like, like saying mid to late 30s to me is kind. Oh. He looks like he's 60. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't say that. I don't mean, mean to be unkind by saying that. He's just one of those guys that like, I reckon he, at five years old, he probably looked like he was ready to pay the bills <laughs> and, you know, like he's wearing a, um, a suit and he's extremely tall, John Laws, I think. Um, and he just has just an old man's face. He has got an know? old man's face. That's true. Yeah, not that it's like wrinkly or anything. There's just something about the structure of it. He actually He's like, Do you think he looks yeah, a little bit like Lurch from the Adams family? Oh, yeah, that's exactly what really? I was going to say. Oh, then it must be he true. He does look like Lurch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just got a grim look. Like he's not smiling much. He looks like a serious man. He does. So, okay, tangent. Here we go. I have this theory yeah. that people who have similar shaped heads and faces their vocal qualities can often sound quite similar as well 
Um, so like, oh sure. Well, I suppose you've got a resonance chamber in there. That precisely, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. So like, um, for example, one time I was watching a TV show, and it was like Grand Designs or something like that. And the the person, the guy who was changing his house, he came up on screen, and I was like, holy moly, that guy looks a lot like Daniel Radcliffe. And then he ta- started talking, and he looked exactly like Daniel. He sounded exactly like Daniel Radcliffe. Um, How funny, yeah. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, your your throat and and mouth and jaw are shaped a certain way yeah. that they're going to sound similar. And so Lurch has this like famously like low voice. You rang. Yeah. You rang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to chalk that up to another uh, supporting factor of my hypothesis. Man, I coincidentally was watching. Um, just came up on a suggested video, a thing about the old. Um, Adam's family cast and and had photos of them out of makeup and out of costume and Lurch could get it. Oh, Lurch was truly cute. <laughs> <laughs> he was really tall. He was like um, I don't know seven foot or something, um, and he died really young, as yeah, um, a lot of people who are super tall mm. do of heart failure, Aww. which was very sad. Well, that's a bit of a downer. Thanks, Tess. Jesus, anyway, he was a hottie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, tell me, Tess, what did you think of this album overall? Okay. Overall, um, I, as you said before, I, I love the quality of John Laws's voice. I think it's, it's that beautiful deep voice. It's rich and smooth. It's like quality motor oil. (laughs) Um, although which brand, uh, I'm talking about, I can't say as we're not getting paid enough. Although Tess, I do (laughs) know what you mean. You you know what I mean, but there's no cash for comment on this uh, um, show. We don't even have advertising. No. <laughs> I think he delivers his phrases um, with um, thoughtfulness and fun, and there's a little bit of that theatricality at times. Mm. I think he's a great song storyteller. Mm. Musically, though, it's it's a little nutso for me. I think it's the frantic um, arrangements feel a little bit too bonkers. There's and I think a lot of the times all that guitar and drums and bass just doing whatever the hell it wants it eclipses the lyrics a mm. bit and i feel like these are story songs and you need to really hear the lyrics they really need to really shine through um and the whole thing yeah just from the first bar of music you feel like you're just speeding down the hume highway at 120 miles an hour <laughs> um or kilometers yeah what are you say. saying miles <laughs> I don't know, i'm back in the like the old you know <laughs> yeah. um baby boomer generation now because all the greatest generation he's a greatest generation guy if this is an album for truckers uh which you know they would have been perhaps listening to on a on a gramophone, as you said, in their trucks or, or on cassette tape. Um, it's probably as effective as a box of no-dos um, and a can of Red Bull for keeping you awake during your long shift. Um, it's, it's such a niche album that I get the sense it was made, as we said, specifically for truckers and as a kind of a nod to them and a shout out to them, which I would normally think is a pretty limited business strategy, but... I think it's nice to have an album that is celebrating and appreciating um, an oftentimes unsung group of essential workers. So, you know, good on your truckers. Perhaps you deserve something a little bit more than a John Law's album, but at least, <laughs> at least this one is for you. And, uh, you know, John Law's, like, certainly don't agree with his politics, but he is, like I said on the back of the record, he's good at his job. He does a good job. And I think he's done a good job with this album. Yeah, I think so too. Sometimes, you know, because I do know the anatomy of the throat so well, sometimes it just boggles my mind how he's able to get so deep. 
Like it just is so like far outside the scope of what I am able to produce. And I really appreciate like the, the deepness in his quality. Um, and yeah, I agree. I think he's, he's a very good singer. He performs it well. Uh, even if the, the band is a bit erratic. Yeah. Like I don't really listen to commercial radio, but you know, and I'm not meaning anything by that. I just like, just don't happen to listen to it. But what I know about commercial radio these days is that like it's mainly Husey. Oh god, yeah. Husey. <laughs> He's like the opposite of <laughs> Yeah, and so like if if I'm gonna choose to listen to a radio dude's um singing or voice in general, I'd rather listen to John Laws than David Hughes. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is his name David? Have I forgotten his name? Yeah, David Hughes. Yeah, okay. Dave. Yeah. Dave Hughes. Easy. Easy. Do you think you'll keep this record, Tess? Oh, no. Honestly, towards the end of it, I was getting very sick of trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think if he'd thrown in like one or two songs about an adjacent subject matter, maybe it, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. would be a little little more listenable. But I don't know. Like you said, maybe truckers at the end of their yeah, the last <laughs> long thing they shift, want is just like all an they hour want to do is come home and listen to some raucous truck music. <laughs> Um, so what do you think uh, people should pay for this record? Well, given its rarity um, and given that it's not available digitally, I don't know, like 12 bucks that it says on Discog seems fair, 50-something right. or whatever you said before, that's, <laughs> that seems like a lot. But, you I'll know, see just what quietly, you can get away with, Tess. Just yeah, pop it up on I eBay. I might flog it and see what yeah. I can get. <laughs> Hell yeah, make a sick profit. <laughs> what about you? What would you pay? I wouldn't pay anything for it, but I think um, – I think if you, you try to get more than $3, you'll be doing really, really well. Yeah, I'll be yeah. in the black. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to this record, John Law's Motivating Man. If you'd like to tell us what you think about it, you can write in to us at $1vinyl at gmail.com and you can hit us up on our socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Blah, just type $1 vinyl all in letters. And you can rate and review us uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe to podcasts and you can hear more about records that we find in op shops that everyone's forgotten about. So shout out to all the truckers listening if you are listening. I don't know. Tr- truckers probably listen to podcasts now, don't oh, they? Oh, that's probably a, a far better thing for a trucker to listen to than this record on like a record player while yeah. they're driving. If you're a trucker driving around Australia um, and bringing us our food and things we need to survive, yeah. good on you. We appreciate you and we love you. That's true. So tune in next week and until then, as John Laws says, I'd rather drive a truck than be a millionaire. <laughs> I wonder if he still feels that way. <laughs> Oh, because oh, he never felt that way. He, he would have certainly been in does for the one money. thing and not the other. One hundred percent liar. All right, thanks, Kat. Bye bye. See you later.